Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Who's there? It's me. Knock knock. Who's there? Europe. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Uh, I'm not saying it, you nasty. <laughs> I got you. No, you did. I didn't say it. I know. I got the people at home. Yeah, you did. You guys got got. You got got, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to You, Me, and a Poltergeist. Welcome to You, Me, and a Poltergeist. This I'm Belinda. Belinda. That is Brayden. Oh, and I'm Belinda. <laughs> and today You're we Brayden. are Belinda and Brayden. You're Brayden. I'm Brayden. I'm Belinda. And that's Belinda. 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 The more you say my name, the weirder it sounds. Kind of like <laughs> saying bold too many times. God, now it's weird in my mind. I haven't even Belinda. said it. Ugh, I don't even like my name. <laughs> if you could change your name to anything, what would it be? Nothing. I'd just be nameless. Oh, wow. That's like super... I don't know, like, I don't know what other name I'd suit, you know? Hmm. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> what an insult. Thanks, babe. That's an insult. Greg's a great Greg. name. Do I, I'm not a Greg. I know, like, you look, I know that... Names shouldn't be gendered, but I am not a male. Okay, how about this? You are... A Tiffany? No. Stephanie? Mm-mm, Am I no. saying the E? If you were like... Ow, the cat bit me. If you were Russian, your name would be Anastasia. Okay. Only if I was Russian, though. What about Australian? <laughs> That's how this game works. <laughs> but it is. Sweetheart, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Been such a long year where we have had so many delays with our uploadings that we're just all over the place, you know. I think we're going to end 2020 with an all over the place couple of episodes. Mm. But I, I also think we need to take the first week of 2021 off. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just have one week. <laughs> That'd be nice. You know, we'll just keep going right up until the end of the year and then just going to have a week off. I wonder what the upload schedule is like. Let me check this. Okay, so our last upload is going to be the 25th. So, Christmas. <laughs> oh, shit. Merry Christmas to you. That's not this week, though. That's next week. Yeah. So, one more episode, and then we're going to go on one week holiday, and by that, we're just <laughs> we're going to do our normal thing for a week, just no episode. Mm-hmm. I think we need we need it. That'd be nice. Because we keep delaying and delaying and delaying, and I think this is the first Monday in, like, months that we've actually recorded on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's good to have moments where you can just relax a little. I agree. And <laughs> I think it's also good 
that we have those fantastic patrons over at patreon.com slash you mean opposing guys do support us and give us money to continue doing the show yeah thank you so much we love you patrons thanks for sponsoring the show you're really good at doing what you do patrons so belinda and i went camping on the weekend i say camping Uh, very loosely loosely. (laughs) it was a drunken car air mattress fiasco yeah hey we still you know we still slept on that thing. Yeah. But it was a good weekend. We're celebrating one of my friend's birthdays. She turned 24. Happy birthday, Tegan. Happy B-Day. And, uh, yeah, we got drunk. We danced. We sung. We, we sang. cried. No, we didn't. I didn't cry. <laughs> no, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I was covering all the bases. No. We, uh, there was a jumping castle. There was. We didn't go on it because it was pissing down rain. Yeah, what a good time to plan to go camping when there's a torrential rainstorm. Yep. Severe weather warnings. We bought the tent and everything just in case it wasn't going to be raining. But the rain just got heavier and heavier. Until the next thing you know. We're blowing up an air mattress in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brayden forgot the pump for the air mattress, but Lucky Tegan oh, came through that with so lucky. one um, that you plug into the smoke socket. Yeah, of your car. car. That was much easier than doing it by hand or oh, foot. So much. I was like, it just, I was just blow it up. I just blow yeah, it up with, with my mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get the thing open. I was so drunk. Oh my gosh, that was a good. That was a good idea. You would have been there for a while. I, I would have tried. I would have been sober by the end of blowing it up. Oh yeah. I felt fine in the morning. Braden didn't. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> well, I haven't drunk in like six months or something. I don't drink often. I used to have a drink like every other night. And I'd say compared... But I don't drink much. To like a regular drinker, there's you. Like, you're not a regular drinker, but you're like away from regular drinking. You're like a drink every now and then. Mm-hmm. Compared to a regular drinker, you're like pretty good. I would like to say so. But then in comparison from regular drinker to you, then I'm like that same level away from you. Yeah. You're like <laughs> I don't know every, where I'm going. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. like, you know, once a month I might have a couple of bevies. You're like, oh, once every six months you'll have a couple of bevies. I'll have a lot of bevies. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing um, jello shots. I for sure thought that I was going to be hungover because I was... Mixing drinks, but I think I only get super hungover with mixing drinks if beer is involved. Oh, yeah, beer's the worst. But I didn't have any beer. That's good. Except for whatever was poured over the fucking ah, sausages. sausages. But and that ruined it for you. You couldn't eat the sausages after that because you're allergic to beer. Yeah. Because of gluten. Oh. <laughs> Devastated. <laughs> but we still had a good time. Yeah, and I managed to fit all my drinks into my calories like I've Sad little boy. Some may call that an eating disorder. <laughs> mm. Anyways. Uh, you look great, though. You look absolutely amazing, babe. Thanks. I'm sitting in my underwear right now. Yeah, you are. And I'm in a nightie that says, the snuggle is real. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shall we start the episode? Yeah, I guess so. We've rambled long enough, eh? Yeah, I'll do. So, the demand of iron and steel across the United States became huge during the late 1800s. 
And one company in Birmingham, Alabama, sought to meet much of that demand and managed to actually produce over 24,000 tonnes of quality iron in just its first year of manufacturing. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. This place is churning out that pig iron. You know what's called pig iron? Pig iron? Why pig iron? Pig iron's like crude iron, I think. It's just like iron ingots. Do you know what ingot is? No. It's like a little brick of metal. Anyways, they just no, churn out lots of pig pig iron. <laughs> okay, so it's not iron made from pigs. <laughs> no. Or like in the shape of pigs. No, there's nothing. It's just a type of iron. Just the type of that iron. they decide to call pig. So, however, unfortunately, as the demands grew larger and shortcuts were beginning to be made to try and increase the production, things started going wrong. Who would guess it? <laughs> Not me. Yeah. And these sort of mistakes that were made at Sloss Furnaces, which is the place I'm talking about, are still currently a burden to this day. So Sloss Furnaces were founded in 1881 by Colonel James Withers Sloss. That's a mouthful. Say that ten times. I don't want to even try. <laughs> James was um, I messed up the first. James was Sloss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Times ten. That's very good. Uh, So yeah, they'd built their first blast furnace in 1882 and had it firing up by April. The company was actually soon sold, however, to a group of investors in 1886 after showing great production rates. The new owners figured their way. figured their way around the abolishment of slavery, since this was in the South Alabama. And with the assistance of local law officials, would buy mainly African-American prisoners who had been arrested on mainly bogus charges and put them to work in the furnaces in a system called peonage. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is essentially debt slavery or bonded labor. So That's they w- fucked up. Yeah, they would give these people, like, charges of ridiculous things, mainly, like, loitering or something like that, and then, like, give them bonded labour, and they'd make them stay at the place that they're labouring, so, like, the place, and then they'd make them pay rent, which was, like, 100% of their bond wow. anyway, so they would never be able to escape. Of so, course. essentially, it's slavery. Slavery. Whoa. Yeah, but, I mean, debt slavery and bonded labour were, like, illegal at that time, but, like, they were, the f- officials that they were going through were so corrupt that they just managed to get away with it. I mean, they kind of still are, aren't they? Yeah, there are over 21 million people in peonage right now. Fuck. Mainly in, like, uh, Asia, I think. Still fucked up. Yeah. Just fucked. Yeah, anyways, but, acor- yeah, according to... Sloss Furnace's history, after they decided to start using slaves as labourers, they flourished financially. Maybe because they didn't have to pay anything. Probably. Yeah. Uh, in the early 1900s, a man by the name of James Wormwood would come to be the site manager of the night shift at Sloss Furnaces. Wait, Wormwood? Wormwood. You're a Wormwood. It's time you started acting like one. <laughs> What's that from? Matilda. Oh, really? Oh. Hmm. Sorry. I guess that 
I don't remember that. So James was nicknamed Slag by his 150-person skeleton crew. And Belinda's probably thinking of what the Australian slang for slag means. But slag is a metal <laughs> a metal byproduct. Yeah, like moon. <laughs> so these odd hours of work weren't favoured by regular workers. So often slag would have the debt slaves working these odd and undesirable hours. Slag not only made these workers take on odd shifts, but would also form them, force them to perform dangerous activities in order to up production rates and boost profits. It is reported that 47 of these workers died under Slag's leadership. But no one really cared for them, obviously, because they were criminals, I say very loosely. Well, I don't say loosely. They weren't criminals, most of them. Yeah, 47 may have died under his leadership, but countless more apparently were sent home unable to work ever again from injury, uh, smoke inhalation. There was even an instance where six workers had their eyes burned and were blinded by a sudden explosion. So they all should have been getting a disability. Yeah, but, I mean, it's 1906. They don't do this I sort of know, shit. but come on. Yeah. That's so... Oh, it's just terrible. I know. That's horrible. Yeah. I hate hearing this type of stuff. Anyways, Slag gets his, uh, his comeuppance. Because in October of 1906, after working the furnaces for many years, Slag had an accident. Oh. <laughs> He was supposedly walking along a high platform of one of the furnaces and had a stumble and fell, which led him to splish, sploosh, <laughs> which led him to sploosh down into molten iron. Sploosh down. He splooshed into molten iron. <laughs> Is, did he die? Oh, yeah, he died. He, I mean, it's molten iron. He, di- he, like, fell into a pool of molten iron. It's like falling in lava. <laughs> <laughs> like no, he was fine. He made a full recovery. He just swam to the yeah. edge and got out. Like <laughs> I am Iron I Man. Am the real Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, I mean, they sort of got away with murdering him because they definitely murdered him. All the workers. Oh yeah. Because I mean, they. They just said, you know, there's gases up there. He must have gotten dizzy and fell. But, I mean, Slag apparently wasn't the type to ever really lift a finger to do anything around the place and would just, like, get other people to go and do all the work. So definitely under suspicious circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) But for some reason, no one really thought anything about it. And after Slag passed on... A number of weird occurrences started happening around the night oh, I shift. I forgot we were doing a haunted podcast. Yeah, this is a haunted podcast. I was, I was like, talking oh, about debt crime. slaves. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a number of odd occurrences would occur between the hours of 9pm and 6am. And there were reports of night watchmen being pushed behind from, from there. Night watchmen being pushed from behind and told to get back to work, which is often a common sort of physical assault that occurs at slag ferns, so lost furnaces now. Um, There was even one instance where three workers just suddenly disappeared, only to be discovered unconscious in a boiler room 
without any idea of how they'd gotten there, but they do remember being approached by someone with bad burns and being told to start push some, <laughs> pushing some steel. Whoa. Come on, you lot, push some steel. And it's just like Freddy Krueger staring at you. Yeah. No. Yeah, how's that? Not good, sir. <laughs> One um, particularly horrific event occurred the evening before Sloss Furnaces was actually set to close. An old night watchman was out for a nostalgic stroll along the grounds. One he had done a lot of times before. And while walking across one of the platforms, he heard footsteps coming from behind him and slowly turned around to see what exactly was there. And he saw what looked like the upper body of a burnt human, the lower body of a goat, moving towards him and screaming at him to get back to work. And he'd like the strange half-burnt goat demon thing was trying to get him to go up a set of stairs towards some of the higher towers where Slag had been pushed from. That's fucked up. So what if, like, Slag had died and then sold whatever was left of his soul to the devil to come back and haunt the place? Oh, shit. And yeah. he was, like, half-devil or something. Yeah. Um, like, demon. The man refused. And Slag definitely wasn't stoked about that. So he started punching him. He punched him into unconsciousness. Shit. And when the paramedics found him, every single place where there should have been a bruise from a punch was a horrendous burn. The man's body was just, like, completely burned. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Really intense. Like, as if um, it was paintball, but with molten, molten iron. iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Yeah, Mol- <laughs> you like that? Molten iron paintball. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Let's set up a kiosk in the middle of the shopping centre. <laughs> hey, kids, ah. do you want to play some molten, molten iron paintball? Get <laughs> <laughs> out of your fucking mouth. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sloss has... <laughs> some fucking weirdest name. Sloss has an official website now called Fright Furnace. And, um, yeah, the furnaces have actually been converted into a historic and haunted attraction. After its closing, it was actually one of the first sites, like an industrial site, that was made into a heritage uh, protected site in the United States. Yeah, That's cool. Being such a massive part of the uh, production of slave iron in the history. early and slave history in the early 1900s. Um, but, yeah, you can go and do a ghost tour around there now, and they actually have a bunch of, like, submissions of personal encounters that people have had while there and there are just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these fucking encounters people just like recounting i will say that a lot of them have very similar writing styles i think someone may have just written a whole bunch like uh every other one some the person who's writing forgets to uh capitalize their eyes when they're referring to themselves. I feel like that's very common, though. And and uses the letter U instead of writing U. So I think these are either children or it's the same person with a terrible writing. It be the same person, but also I feel like that's very common. Like, people are just lazy on the internet now. Yeah, that's fair enough. Or always have been lazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Use a number two instead of T-O. I would not be caught doing that. 
Oh, I come must- on, back in the day, you probably did. I definitely did. I wrote, you know, H- HBU instead of How About You and stuff like that. BRB. BRB. I still or- say BRB in real life, not like yeah. Yeah, me too. IRL, I mean. <laughs> IRL is another one. Um, so one of the encounters that was listed uh, people people had reported you know hearing things like knocks to you know feeling breath down their back whispers in their ears stuff like that being told to get back to work seeing like apparitions and things like that but there was one fucked up one where these people were out there one it was like one evening when the fright furnace thing wasn't open and they were just exploring around and they saw two children swinging from one of the platforms up pretty high one of the kids fell and as he hit the ground his body just sort of phased through it as if just disappearing oh okay and then they left phantom phantom child phantom child fall yep I don't know. Anyways, uh, that's all I have, babe. Pretty creepy, huh? Super creepy. I feel like that trumps mine. Thanks. For sure. I should have gone. If you want to go there, <laughs> if you want to go there, just remember the name Sloth Furnaces. Sloth Furnaces. Sloth. S L O S S. Sloth Furnaces. It's Lucky you don't have a lisp, babe. Sloth <laughs> Furnaces. I know, and what's the dude's name? James Withers Sloth. James Withers Sloth's Furnaces. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to anyone that has a phobia of snakes. Or just the. Ophidiophobia. What's that? Fear of snakes? Yeah. Oh, I was just talking about the fear of people going. Is that a fear? I don't know. Everything's a fear. Everything's a fucking beer now. We're precious humans. Oh shit! Anyways, oh, all right. that what are you speaking cool, about, babe? Now, my place you can also still go to. Nice. As a visitor or as patient. Oh, that's right, guys. I'm doing a haunted hospital, but it's not abandoned. Oh shit! You can it still, is still do up it. and running. It is in London. It is called Saint Bartholomew's Hospital. Oh, nice! And there's a church on the grounds, but I will <laughs> get to that in a second. Okay. So Saint Bartholomew's Hospital or Bart's, very to the point there. <sighs> yeah, nice. Is located in Smithfield in the city of London. It is the oldest hospital in London, founded in, are you ready for this, 1123. Oh my god, that's some right? history. It's still fucking going. That's impressive. Um, founded by a monk named Rahia. I think that's how you say it. It's spelt like that, and that's how I'm going to say it. So, um, it has struggled at times to remain functioning and all that jazz. It's still gotten through. It is... An internationally renowned teaching hospital. Oh, nice. Yes. They have lots of interns there. They do, yes. A lot of teachings get taught there. Cut the wrong cord. Whoop. Oh, it's all right. You're a student. That wasn't an (laughs) umbilical cord. Oh. (laughs) That was my finger. Oops. So, uh, Rahir was also a jester in King Henry I's court and was a favourite of King Henry I. Mm. So, after St. Vast's Bart's income was removed. King Henry VIII refounded it in December 1546, signing an agreement granting the hospital to the cor- corporation 
Corporation, yeah, Corporation of London. So Bart's le- became legally styled as the how as <clears throat> the house of the poor in Farringdon in the suburbs of the city of London of King Henry VIII's foundation. Although the title was never used by the general public, can we understand why? <laughs> I, I wonder. But cheers to King Henry VIII for um, saving the hospital pretty yeah. much. So it went through times of like, oh, here's all the money for you. <laughs> no more money for you. Oh, okay, no. here it is. Okay, no more. Oh, they no. did that quite a lot until like, I don't know, 1930. And now they're just giving it money. I, I think it's like a, a much better hospital system now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first superintendent of the hospital was Thomas Vickery, the sergeant surgeon of King Henry the First, and an early writer of anatomy. Oh wow, that's oh, awesome! I know, pretty insane. I thought I wanted to keep all this in, so I was like, "Hey, this is some history time oh, that's about cool. hospitals and stuff." So it was there that William Harvey conducted his research on the circulatory system in the 17th century. Percival Pott and John Abernathy developed important principles of modern medicine, uh, sorry, modern surgery in the 18th century. And Mrs. Bedford Fenwick worked to advance the nursing profession in the late 19th century. Nice. That's awesome. Very nice, isn't it? Also, this hospital place was... um, like a key location in a lot of the novels to do with um what's his name Sherlock Holmes and oh cool what's his name Dr. Watson yep yeah oh that was pretty interesting that's really cool <laughs> so from 1839 to 1972 the mortality reports show that surgical trauma and post-operative infection were the greatest cause of death oh no fancy that they're getting they cut like open on, yeah, on. yeah. They're get, getting cut open with stinky gloves. Yeah, pretty much. Well, just no gloves at all. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, I just had breakfast. Here we go. Just shoveled I my just, dog's poop. Sh- I just sh- like chucked my shit out the window. Time to go for surgery. You know what I mean? These days they're like, where'd, where's my wristwatch gone? Back in the day they're oh. like, oh, where's my sickle? <laughs> Where'd I leave that mule? <laughs> it's inside someone else. Okay. 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 So, however, tuberculosis remained the most fatal non traumatic cause of death. So, nurses were expected to work 12 to 14 hours a day with meal breaks in the 1890s. But like most modern nurses and doctors still do to this day very often. But they also had a mandatory two-week annual holiday as well. Oh, okay. So I feel like that's pretty advanced for the 1890s. Yeah, nice. They're like, (laughs) we probably should give them some holiday time. They work 14 hours a day. Saving people from tuberculosis. But I don't think that meant like they had any days off. Right, so it's seven days a week, and then you get two weeks off at the end of the year. Yeah, but I mean, now there's a lot better regulations in most first world countries, (laughs) I I should say. In 1984, with the creation of the National Health Service, the hospital officially became known as St. Bartholomew's Hospital. The building itself has been updated and modernised, but the history of the place still lingers, and possibly the troubled spirits of those who died in the hospital. Oh, 
So, this is one of the most known, like, events that happen in the hospital, is there is this lift in the Grace Ward, once known as Pinky's Ward, that many of the nurses and doctors refer to as the coffin lift. Oh. So... The story goes that a nurse was either murdered on the lift by an insane patient or that she killed herself after administering an overdose to a patient. Either way, it's believed that her spirit causes things like the lights to go out and the lift taking shift members to... Oh, sorry, staff members? I don't know why I said shift members. Staff members to the dark basement instead of, of to an upper floor as they, you know, had requested... Oh, no, I don't like that at it all. It worse. So, when arriving to the basement, all lights would be out in the elevator in the basement. Oh. Jazz. And they would have to pry open the elevator doors and walk up the stairs to the floor that they wanted. Ugh. Here's another catch. So, the elevator would follow them up as oh. they were walking up. They could hear and feel that the elevator and they felt a presence over them as they're going up the stairs. By that point, you can imagine they're running and the elevator's only like, what, two steps behind them at that stage. Oh, that's not good. So when they get to the main floor that they wanted to get to, the elevator's already there, sitting, waiting, doors open, lights on. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I got goosebumps. Mm Mm-hmm. That's freaky as shit. So, there's another ghostly nurse, though, haunting the Bedford, the Bedford Fenwick Ward and is said to be comforting in nature, oh, while nice. another lift haunting occurs in the King George V block by a ghost named Jasmine, who smells strongly of floral perfume. Maybe of Jasmine. Maybe of Jasmine. Maybe that's why they named her Jasmine. Maybe. So there's also the spirit of a little boy aged between six to eight who cries and wanders the halls of the hospital. Those who have seen him claim that he is always crying for his mum and dad. He's described as having brown hair and wearing a tatty white shirt, grey sleeveless pullover, grey short trousers and long socks which are down by his ankles. And apparently, when he is seen about, that means there's going to be a death in one of the wards. Oh, no. He's a psychopomp. That's it. That's what he is. There have also been instances where people have seen the ghostly figure of a woman walking (laughs) through. (laughs) You're looking like you're about to laugh and I can't do it. I'm not. I need to see you take a deep breath. (laughs) Okay. Um, a woman walking through the walls of one of the side rooms. In the St. Bartholomew Church, it's believed that the figure of Rahia remains. He's been seen standing by the altar, but disappears quickly if he notices he's been seen. Oh. So another figure in the church was seen in the pulpit by a former rector, who said the man wore clothing from the Reformation. Reformation? Mm-hmm. Period. While a different witness spotted a woman in a white dress and others have heard the shuffling of footsteps around that building. So while all these sinister stories about St. Bart's are unsettling, the staff at the hospital are still happy to work here and remain professional by dismissing any ghost stories brought up to their patients, even though they may experience some paranormal encounters. 
so visitors of the hospital may learn more about its history, and some may even seek out the spirits that roam the hospital. There have been photographs posted on the internet by individuals. Cool. Who have seemingly captured ghost of figures on camera in the hospital. I've got a picture right here for you, babe. Show me it. I mean, it probably doesn't hold up as well when it's printed on a piece of paper than yeah. it does on a phone or computer. So, this spirit, um, someone took a picture of one of the halls, and in the doorway there's a face, and then they enlarged and brightened the photo so you can see it a bit better. <laughs> it probably looks better on a computer. Wow. It kind of looks like a monkey face. Right? That, that's what I was thinking. It doesn't really look like a human face. Yeah. kind of looks like a... I don't know. It kind of looks like a screaming face to Yeah. Me. Like a screaming monkey. Like, ah! <laughs> you know? Not a happy chappy. What are you doing, Molly? So, you are allowed to just, like, walk through and have a little look in the hospital. And there's, like, a little museum that you can have tours. Oh, and really? They ghost tours. Of course they fucking do. Yeah. Um, Gotta make money. Yeah, so that's St. Bartholomew's Hospital slash church. That's so fucked that the elevator takes you to the dark basement. Yeah. I would hate that. But, like, the doors won't open. Like, no matter what you do, you can't get the doors open. The lift won't move. And you've got to pry open the doors and fucking run upstairs. That With is... the whole time feeling like a heavy presence and the fucking lift just following behind you. Oh, I don't like that. That's well, not fun. Well, that's what you get when you get a, have a paranormal podcast, babe. Yeah. You're going to hear some things that you don't like. <laughs> yeah. And I can't control that. Yes, well, <laughs> that was a uh, very creepy, babe. Thank you so much. Super creepy. Also, I think in the new year we should do more alien stuff. I agree. I was reading some alien things today and I was like, oh, I want to do this so bad, but I need time. I need time. Time to research. We need to do like a month of alien. A month of alien? What month is alien month? Let's do April. April alien. April aliens. Aliens in April. Aliens in April. Coming to you live. Yeah, look forward to that. 2021. Plans yeah, made, two, two, bitches. Oh, shit. Aggressive. Alien month. Alien month. Alien month. It's coming to you. We just talk about aliens for a month. So, if anyone wants to go and follow us on any of our social medias, you can just look for us at You Meet a Poltergeist or find all our links over at youmeetapoltergeist.com. That's it. Go ahead, go do that thing. You can also submit a story over there for us to talk about on the show if you on have any show. personal experiences. Yes. And without further ado... For the second last time this year. Do not forget to. Exercise regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.